Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, March 12th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Uh, James, there's a ton of news. Um, obviously, most of it is coronavirus related, but um, I feel it is my obligation because it is at the top of the script to remind people of our Patreon um, we still will be plowing through, I assume, even if there's not a lot of theater stuff going on, I assume that we will be here for you with as whatever news we can be, as long as there is still news. If you want to support us and keep us going as well, head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio. Ah, yeah. I don't even know what's ahead there because, uh, yeah. You know, joking about it is in bad taste, but I don't know what else to do other than joke about it. I mean, it's bad what we're hearing. It's just uh, crazy. So uh, I'm not sure where we go from here. Let's start with the coronavirus updates. There are a lot of them. Um, It it was only a matter of time, James. But yesterday it was confirmed that a part time usher at the Booth Theater, where Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is currently in previews, has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. That individual is now under quarantine, but did work at the performances of Virginia Woolf between March 3rd and 7th. And they also worked outside the Brooks Atkinson Theater for the February 25th matinee and the March 1st evening performances of six, helping expedite the lines to get into the theater. The booth has undergone a deep cleaning following all government regulations, and the Brooks will have one after the March 11th evening performance. So depending on when you are listening to this, it either is about to happen or it already has happened. Um, of course, six is supposed to open at the Brooks on Thursday, March 12th. So depending on, again, when you're listening, either tomorrow or today, both six and Virginia Woolf, um, as long as or as well as every other Broadway show did hold performances as scheduled on Wednesday. Now, James, we have a lot more COVID-19 news to get into, but I want to pause on this because I am honestly shocked at the decision Uh, especially from Scott Rudin Productions, the producers of Virginia Woolf, and the Schubert organization, the owners of the booth, to continue performances without even so much as as a single day off. Uh, Ashley and I talked about this yesterday, and and I get there is a ton of money at stake, and I sympathize with that, and we'll talk about that more in a second. But this is a virus that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases director, Anthony Falke, told the House Oversight and Reform Committee on Wednesday is 10 times deadlier than the seasonal flu. And he said, quote, bottom line, it's going to get worse. If we are complacent and don't do really aggressive containment and mitigation, the number could be way up and be involved in many, many millions. If we, uh, But if we sought to contain, we could mitigate it. This is doing the opposite of mitigating it. In Vulture, Justin Davidson wrote an, uh, a column that was titled, quote, close the theaters, period, close the opera, period, close the concert halls, period, now, period. And as much as it pains me to say this, James, I agree with him. Yeah, and this is not just theaters, uh, operas, and concert halls the ncaa's are happening without without and there's a lot of sporting events that are taking this action a lot of uh a a lot of different uh, the saint patrick's day parade has been canceled uh i mean uh, it's it's err on the side of caution absolutely 
it feels negligent at this point to continue per, to having performances, especially at the booth. Um, and, and the fact that they are announcing this, they announced this in the afternoon, I don't know, three, four o'clock. Some people that are going to the show tonight probably didn't have an opportunity to even hear this news. Um, and hopefully they're doing something at the theater. But this theme seems negligent and potentially opening both SRP and uh, the Schubert's up to potential litigation. I, I don't know, but it just seems like this is a really, really bad look um, for Broadway and theaters in general. But we'll we'll move on here unless you have something to add into that. Uh, no, no, let's move forward. OK. All right. In other virus related news, auditions for Frozen and the musical adaptation of Water for Elephants were postponed yesterday. And outside of New York, the state of Washington, the city of San Francisco, and a growing number of cities and states across the country have announced bans on large public gatherings, which will either eliminate theatrical performances altogether or at least limit the capacity of them. James, you mentioned the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments that are going to begin, be beginning here within the next week or so. They have announced that those events will continue, but they will only um, be allowing essential personnel, and I haven't seen for sure family members of players had for some events um, were allowed to be included. But that's a huge loss of money for those venues and for all of the people who work in and around those venues, which we'll talk about a little more here in a second. Um, be because of that, performances of Hamilton and The Last Ship in San Francisco have officially been canceled through March 25th, and the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle is closed for, until further notice. And James, I will I will honestly be utterly flabbergasted if there is not an announcement either from the Broadway League or from Governor Cuomo or from the individual theater owners, owners um, that shuts down Broadway for the next month or so coming out uh, before end of week. Uh, I, I will be shocked if there are performances on Broadway next week. Actors Equity did put out a statement yesterday calling for the government to pass, quote, a strong economic relief package to ensure that everyone who works in the arts and entertainment sector has access to health care and unemployment benefits. Also, the Broadway League said in a statement, quote, as an added precaution, we are highly recommending that all stage door activities be eliminated for the time being. A lot of shows and performers have done that on their own already. But James, as I said yesterday on the show with Ashley and again on Twitter, this virus is going to be devastating to thousands or millions of people and not just those that become infected themselves. I feel like it is our responsibility as a people and hopefully those people in government agree with me to make sure that we take care of those that are the most negatively impacted by illness, by loss of work, by schools being closed, etc., if you have the means, listeners, I, I hope you will join me in donating money to relief organizations. Uh, I've donated to those that provide meals. Uh, they don't need canned goods. It actually costs them more money um, to organize the canned goods and distribute the canned goods than they can use the money to just buy things in bulk and with discounts. With schools being closed from PK to college or pre-K to college, many people won't have meals that they get at school. So I hope that you'll you'll think of them because otherwise at this point, I, I don't know what else we can do. This is a really important aspect of the New York City school system that hundreds of thousands of children uh, that go to school, this, that's their only meal for the day. Uh, yeah. And they haven't closed the New York City schools yet. Uh, in, in thinking about the impact of uh, this is 
uh, a safe place and a place where uh, some children have their only meals and have their only shelter for the day and things like that. So I appreciate what you're saying there. Plus, there's uh, there's so many people uh, working in Broadway and, and all different aspects of of the theatrical community that uh, depend upon a show going up every night in order to get their paycheck. Waiters and waitresses and restaurants all around the Times Square area, hotels and busboys and maitre d's and, uh, and people that work front of house in, uh, in Broadway theaters yeah. and off-Broadway theaters. Um, you know, the people at the merchandising booths, people that are uh, at the, working at the bartenders, the bar, the bartenders and things yeah. like that. Uh, this is going to have... Uh, a, a dramatic impact on everybody, and this is, uh, you know, my God, I, I didn't even think that, uh, it, you know, they would need to. You, you really feel like they would have to close for like a month. I, I mean, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that that is actually long enough. But I feel like that's where they'll start. Um, really? Where I think where, they would start at a week, and see I, how it goes. Uh, I think I think it'll be about a month. Um, I would then guess that. Um, that means they would have to push back the from just the purely theatrical standpoint of this. They'd have to push back the the Tony schedule, maybe do the Tonys in July or August. Um, I, I think that that is imminent. I, I, I do really? not think I, I don't just the sense that I've got people that I've heard um, have told me some things that are going on. I, I think that this will be happening sooner rather than later, because here's the bad part about this, James, is even with a month off. Think about how that impacts um, shows that are either in previews or just opening or just opened and, and don't have a huge, haven't had a long runway to build up a reserve. What that means is, I believe, according to Actors Equity, and maybe a, an Actors Equity employee or member can tell me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand talking to some people today, Equity contracts allow for productions for situations like this to not pay their company for four weeks. Once it gets past four weeks, they have the opportunity, the, the actors have the opportunity to get out of their contracts or they must be paid. And if it goes beyond a month, that creates problems for everybody, especially folks that have for companies that haven't had a time to build up a reserve. But even if they come back after four weeks, how long until people actually feel comfortable to start going to theaters again? How long until they get mm. back up to the rates uh, of people in attendance that they would have had? At the end of April, let's say if it's just a month that, you know, how is May and June and July? Is it going to be the same as we normally get it? How will this impact the busiest months of the theatrical year that keeps shows afloat? through the downtimes. I, you know, I, I, I mentioned the personal side of things, the human side of things, which is obviously the vast and mostly important thing here, but we are a theatrical, you know, broadcast. We are a show that talks about theater from a Broadway and a theater perspective. This is going to wreak unmitigated havoc on the lives of the people that work in theater, the productions that have been building for years to get to Broadway and the ones that are waiting on the backside to get in later. So it, it, this is going to be something that will have incalculable domino effects on everything that we do moving forward uh, in theater for years and years to come. Oh my goodness. All right. So uh, can we switch? And, and, the... and, hold on. And can I say that if our, if the people in charge 
had been more worried about what was actually happening around the world and not covering their butts for elections, this would not need to be as bad as it actually is going to end up being. I tried to get out, but you can't get around the fact that the people that should have been looking out for this and then should have been uh, their job to protect the citizens from something blowing up like this, they made choices to cut the organizations and cut the individuals who are the experts in this area. They got rid of those. They fired them. They completely eliminated departments. And then they buried their head in the sand when around the world this was happening and said, oh, it's not going to happen here. Don't worry about it because they were worried about the stock market and elections. All right, I'm done. Moving on, James. You can edit that out if you don't want to piss people well, off, but no. I'm pissed off. So. <laughs> All I can say is that you make it sound like we can never go back to before. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me a dad joke uh, intro there, James. Um, yes, sans virus. This would likely have been the top story, and we would have been making jokes about how you're going to be obsessed and you're going to find a way into the backstage. But yesterday it was announced that Kelly O'Hara will – she's never been on she's never been on broadway radio but yeah. not for lack of trying <laughs> kelly o'hara will play the role of mother in the actors fund benefit concert on ragtime of ragtime on april 27th assuming that it actually happens she will join the previously announced audra mcdonald donald brian stokes mitchell and peter friedman the show's original leads um other original company members returning include judy k and l uh, nathan and many many more but no leah michelle she will not reprise her role of, as a little girl. Hmm. Uh, tick, tickets are already sold out, but there is a wait list, uh, and we will have a link to it in the show notes. James, I think that I, my when this was announced, my initial suggestion, I think it was with you, you, you were on the air at the time, um, was to have like kind of a different person that has a connection to Marin Maisie, uh, sing different songs, um, you know, throughout the evening. If they're not going to do that, which I still think is a great idea, um, having Kelly O'Hara, who has um, a lot of connections with Marin, Marin replaced her in The King and I on Broadway. Um, I think that this is probably as good of a, a an idea aside from mine. Uh, Kelly was talking about how much Marin influenced her life and her career, mm -hmm. and 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 ragtime itself and ragtime, right? Yeah, yeah. and she, uh, Kelly said she saw the production eight times or so. Uh, so uh, you know, I think this is a it's a brilliant, brilliant choice. So, what do we have in other news? All right, James, just a few quick things. First, yesterday, 59 East 59 announced that Primary Stages will be the venue's new resident company beginning in the fall. In conjunction, Primary Stages announced their upcoming season, which will include Jaya Hayes Park, Jaya Hay Park's Peerless, directed by Margot Bordelon, Karen Hartman's Roz and Ray, and Clarence Coos on that day in Amsterdam, which was originally scheduled to be part of this season before being postponed. Also, in a callback well, to... Let me uh, tell you that primary stages decided that they can go back to before because they used to be at 59 59 oh did they yeah and then they left and there they're coming back there you can go back to before very well <laughs> good it's almost like we planned that um also in a call back to a recent tell me more episode yesterday Haley pachoon released the season finale of the broadway bachelorette featuring our old friend patty murin and jeremy jordan via skype patty was actually in bed with Haley and her dog Maisie. jeremy was on skype i'm assuming from his house in new jersey um i don't watch the bachelor but this episode was hilarious it's like 13 minutes um and it makes me want to watch the bachelor or the bachelorette when it comes 
comes back in the the Broadway Bachelorette season two comes. So check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. And finally, yesterday, the Broadway Women's Fund, which is, quote, Broadway's first ever impact investment fund, released their inaugural list of 50 women to watch on Broadway, including... Um, Claire Barron, playwright Claire Barron, director Liliana Blaine Cruz, director Sammy Canole, dramaturg Anika Chapin, um, as I'm scrolling through here, uh, composer and lyricist and book writer Britta Johnson, director uh, Taivi Mager, um, let's see, Helen Park, composer, lyricist, orchestrator, um, Jackie Siblis Drury, who's a playwright that we talk about quite a bit on here, Celine Song, uh, Dana Tamor, and many more. Uh, James, I think that this is, I, I love this. This is great. Um, as we've talked about before, there needs to be so many more opportunities made available for really the most talented people working in theater are generally um, uh, women, especially the, the young women who are systematically being prevented uh, by the gatekeepers in our community from getting their work seen. So having a fund like this, which is dedicated to investing in the careers of of women on Broadway and in theater is fantastic. I'm I'm excited to see what's next for these artists that I'm already aware of, and I'm excited even more to learn about the ones that I am not aware of. Wow! So that is great. I I, I love that uh, people are putting their money where their mouth is and making this happen the way that it should. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All righty. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. I apologize for getting everybody nervous and scared. And if you need to see a therapist because my rants today, send the bill to James. Uh, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Oh, here's a preview. You can get help at betterhelp.com slash Broadway Radio. So uh, check that out. They'll be sponsoring us in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> if you do need to talk to somebody, betterhelp.com slash Broadway Radio. <laughs> My name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. Thank you all for supporting and listening to us and uh, reach out to us if you need anything or if you want to tell us your stories. Uh, please let us know what's happening out there uh, so that we can all be one big community and make it through this together. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, you are clear. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 12, nope. 2020. Oh, Thursday. We just said that. Not a matinee day. To paraphrase Stretch. All right, you ready again? Yep. <laughs>